0: Winter Blues, welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. It's winter. Snow is on the ground and it freeze is in the air. The days are gloomy and gray, sapping your energy and souring your mood. If this sounds familiar, you could be suffering from an actual medical condition called seasonal affective disorder, or somewhat appropriately, S-A-D, or SAD. It's a type of depression that's related to changes in seasons, typically starting in the fall and continuing through the winter months, usually resolving itself during the spring and summer seasons. With us today to discuss SAD is Dr. Kathy Luski, an attending psychiatrist at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Luski.
1: Hi, thank you very much for having me.
0: So, so, let's start out. Are, are you seeing more depressed patients during the winter than you are during other times of the year?
1: Steve, that's a really good question. Generally, we do start seeing a little bit more depressed patients during the winter time. I'd say when I worked in outpatient clinic, this was a little bit more prevalent than working on an inpatient unit. Um, but generally around the fall and winter time, we are seeing a few more depressed patients, yes.
0: I'm guessing that, that sad is a little more extreme than just having the winter blues, right?
1: Yeah, you're right. So there's a little bit more to seasonal affective disorder than maybe just having the winter blues. So generally in psychiatry, when we talk about a disorder, we definitely talk about how it can impact our ability to function. Uh, Patients will start seeing things like feeling like they're sleeping too much, they're gaining weight, they're overeating. Some patients will tell us that they're craving more carbs. They want breads, they want snacks, they want sweets. You often see that in the wintertime. But seasonal affective depression can also add to fatigue, making it really hard for doing things like getting out of bed, uh, taking care of your kids, getting your chores done. Um, people feel kind of like a loss of energy. Sometimes patients tell me they just don't feel like doing anything. Very similar to depression, we have patients reporting feelings of uh, worthlessness, feeling guilt, difficulty thinking, concentrating, and most importantly, we notice some patients actually start having thoughts of suicide and death, Um, and that's when we really begin to worry about potentially extending more psychiatric services than we might to help treat some of the more benign symptoms that come with seasonal affective depression.
0: What's the primary trigger? Is it the, the lack, uh, is it the short days, lack of light, or is it just the gloomy surroundings? Or is it both?
1: That's actually a great question too. Most of the time we we know that it does have to do with our circadian rhythm. And so, circadian rhythm in our brains is the process by which our body knows about us time, going to sleep, about our body trying to wake up. And that's actually controlled by the sunlight that we're receiving. Most of the patients that we see with SAD are affected more north of the equator because we're so much further from where the sun hits the earth. So generally we see this coming more in the fall and in the winter time because we're receiving much less sunlight. There's also some data indicating that there is a chemical imbalance in the brain very similar to depressive symptom depression that can also contribute to the development of seasonal affective disorder. So as of now, scientists think that it's most likely a combination of both. Of course, we can't study living brains as well as we'd like to. So we do the best that we can with the data that we have available to us.
0: Are there certain people who are more likely to have said, is it, is it genetic? Is it are it people who tend to be depressed anyway? Or what do you finding?
1: Yeah, so there's kind of mixed data. So some patients who develop SAD have really no psychiatric symptoms throughout the year. SAD really affects our patients about 40% of the year. So generally during the darker, colder winter months. To get a little bit more nitpicky, we do have some seasonal affective disorder that occurs only during the summer, and we can see a little bit of a different presentation with that. But I think the one we're talking about right now is related to the winter blues, which we generally see in the winter time. Patients who are at risk of psychiatric disorders generally tend to have higher rates of developing SAD. So you you hit the nail on the head when you said patients who already have some predisposition to depression, genetics, again, location, life stressors, all of these things can really contribute to the development of SAD.
0: So what do you do? How do you treat it?
1: So generally, the first line of treatment is psychotherapy, which in Day-to-day terms means try to see a psychiatrist, try to see a therapist, talk to somebody on a regular basis. There's different types of psychotherapy that's that are available to patients. Generally, cognitive behavioral therapy is pretty well studied and most providers are very well equipped to provide that sort of short period therapy. Behavioral activation, things like getting out of bed, create a schedule, motivate yourself to do things is generally a big kind of tenant of CBT therapy. And so even before getting into therapy, that's a good way to motivate yourself and, and move. Vitamin D deficits can also contribute to sand. So seeking a, men- a medical provider and providing vitamin D supplementation can potentially be helpful. And we also talk about something called light therapy. I don't encourage anybody to go out on Amazon and buy a light box. I would encourage you to speak with a the provider. There's many different light therapies, and we define the lumens is how much the light is actually emitting and there's certain wavelengths that the different light therapy boxes emit. And as far as we know, there's a certain kind of threshold or like a low minimum criteria that we recommend for patients to help treat some of these depressive symptoms that come in the winter time. The one uh, caveat to this is that some patients who do use the light therapy can trigger other psychiatric diseases. So I would encourage you to speak with your mental health provider prior to going out again, buying a light box on amazon.com or you know, eBay or, or whatever you might use because it can potentially have, it's not a totally benign therapy, it can potentially have consequences. But generally, light therapy, psychotherapy, and um, vitamin D supplementation tend to be the first sign. And then for patients who have severe symptoms, Providers can discuss starting an antidepressant with them.
0: Okay. When is the time, I mean, again, the winter sort of brings a lot of us down. A lot of us just don't like the cold. They don't like the short days. It's just sort of a gloomy time. When is the time to see a psychiatrist?
1: I would say when things start getting really tough for you, when you're not able to get out of bed, Generally, we define diseases by the way that they're impacting people's ability to live their day-to-day lives. If you're noticing that, you know, you're you're having a hard time completing your tasks at work, you're maybe having more interpersonal conflicts than you would normally. If you're finding that you're falling behind on tasks, you're having a hard time getting up, you're feeling sad, overwhelmed over a lot of the time, those are pretty critical moments. And even speaking with your medical provider, they can provide a brief screening and recommend uh, psychiatric services to you. Alternatively, as I've mentioned before, some patients who have SAD can develop feelings of suicidal thinking. And when that happens, then I would strongly encourage you to call your medical provider immediately or go to the nearest emergency room and seek professional help at that point.
0: Does SAD happen uh, all of a sudden or is it progressive? Uh, Do you just wake up one day in the middle of December or January and go, gee, I really can't stand it anymore? I mean, how does it work?
1: Yeah, so generally, SAD is not something that just happens, you know, one day. Generally, patients will notice symptoms of major depression creeping in. The, the episode will generally last for two consecutive years, so it would not be diagnosed as a disease if this, ha- this is the first time that it's ever happened to you. And then some of the episodes might be a little bit more frequent. Generally, I would have to say that about 5% of Americans develop SAD. Of course, this may be uh, geographically a little bit different, but more common in patients living a little bit further up north. But generally, it is something that we see progressively starting in the, maybe in the, in the early fall and then progressively deteriorating over the winter months.
0: Do you find if someone gets treated this year, next year does it start over again or are they less likely to to be in as bad a position as they were?
1: So there's no great data on that either way. Some of the data recommends that some doctors maintain their patients on antidepressant therapy throughout the year if it's severe enough to continue that sort of treatment. Um, Other kind of data sources indicate that starting an antidepressant prior to the winter months and then discontinuing it is helpful. This is probably something that is better discussed with your treatment provider. But generally, given the changes in the circadian rhythm, as we know is a trigger, I would assume that most patients who have uh, consecutive years of seasonal affective depression would likely continue with that trend as, as that's the pattern for them.
0: Do you find that women are more prone than men or older people than younger people? Is there anything showing that in any way?
1: You know, that's not something that I I know the answer to, Steve. I think that most of the information that we have generally can be a little bit complicated to separate because of the way that the symptoms have an onset. And just generally with COVID kind of Creating chaos in our world over the last few years, it's pretty hard to keep track of when patients are developing these depressive symptoms, primarily related to the seasonal changes, unless the provider's been really following them for several years in a row. Generally, we know as in psychiatry that there are protective factors to everything. So things like having supportive family, having vocational uh, things happening in your life, having a great support system, All of those things we know and all the disorders are protective in a lot of ways. And so with a lot of the changes occurring in the world, it becomes a little bit harder to predict who is at risk and who may not be at risk.
0: Yeah, that that sort of moves into my next question, which was, has the pandemic made a difference in, in SAD? Are you seeing more patients now almost two years after this pandemic started than you did prior to it?
1: I would say that the pandemic has really impacted mental wellness and mental well-being for everybody. Um, People have had great losses. People have a lot of a lot of people I've met have had tremendous difficulties financially with their families, with being isolated. These are all things that can be risk factors for any number of psychiatric diseases and diagnoses. And so I think the pandemic just made life harder for everybody. It definitely appears to be a little bit of a contributing risk factor to the development of all the diseases across all the board, at least.
0: I I guess the final question, um, which you you sort of answered before, is that if you have SAD or you suspect you may have SAD, you shouldn't feel funny about it. You said like 5% of the population could be affected. So that's really a pretty large number. That's 1 in 20
1: people. It is. It is a very high number. It is, and it's, the, the data shows that there's probably a greater percentage, again, more north, we're living in New York City, so we're not living in a Florida or Mexico right now where we're you know, blanketed by the sun all the time. So our, I assume that the rates here would be probably a little bit higher at this point. So if you're feeling sad or you're feeling low or you know, tired, fatigued, noticing that it's getting a little bit harder to get things done happens to a lot of people in our in our hemisphere. So please feel free to reach out. And if you're noticing that it's getting to the point where, you know, you're struggling, you're having thoughts of suicide, call the National Suicide Hotline, call 911, you know, connect with your providers. The National Suicide Hotline is 800-273-TALK. It's 800-273-TALK. So reach out to them if you're feeling these thoughts and, you know, take yourself to the nearest emergency room and talk to your provider so that we can help you. There's help out there for this, and you don't have to struggle with it alone.
0: If they wanted to make an appointment with you, is there a phone number they can call?
1: Sure. SPH does have an outpatient clinic, and I would encourage calling that main hospital number, 718-960-9000, and they would be able to connect you to the outpatient clinic for sure. Get, a, get on a wait list, see a provider, and uh, get treatment.
0: Great. Dr. Lewski, thank you for your time today. This was really interesting. I really appreciate it. For more information on services at SBH, visit www.sbhny.org. Until next time.